Welcome to Visibility Radio, and thank you for joining me, Kenneth Poir, on this program, Just Why It Matters. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Just Why It Matters. I'm Kenneth, your host, and today with me is someone who you might have seen very, very visible at the front of visibility. He is fondly known as Jono, and today's episode is called The Best of Jono. Jono, welcome. Thank you very much, Kenneth. Jono, I'm going to step out of the way as quickly as I can, um, and I'd like you to tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey. Certainly. My official name is Jonathan Jonathan Mills. Um, but I've always been a Jono. Don't ask me why. I could never, could never uh, tell you. You know the we'll exact ask, reason for it. But. We'll ask. We'll ask your mum one day. Yeah. <laughs> good call. Good call. I'm in a family of four. Um, so I've got my mum, my dad, and an older sister. Uh, when I was when I was about eleven years old, my my parents split. But I, you know, keep good. Um, I live with my mum. I am still good friends with my dad see him every now and again he's semi-retired up in up the north so i'm sure that's you know a bit better weather than perth at the moment <laughs> um my sister's doing really well she's a dietitian senior dietitian at royal perth and she's younger or older she's two years older okay and she's a she's also um like an aqua aerobics aerobics instructor as well like um as well as the uh, dietitian so she's doing very well she's married North of the river, she's living. And does she keep you fit and yeah, healthy as much as as much as possible? Okay. Um, yeah, she's and because I'm also a type one diabetic, so she's had a lot of help with with that side of um, things. So it's definitely a blessing in disguise having her. Um, well, not really in disguise, a blessing having her as a. Uh, well, all the sisters are always keeping an eye on. on yeah, that's right. Rather. That's exactly right. She was, she was actually blown away when she was doing her studies and she found it like looking at all the complications and differences with the, the diabetes, she just, she was like, whoa, I never had any idea. Like she said that you can get any regularity in your levels at all. So she, and I sort of took that, um, she sort of said, well done. And I'm like, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> it was really good. And otherwise she's keeping an eye on me. Yeah. <laughs> and what have you. Um, yeah, I went to, went to primary school at Whiteside Primary School and then went to high school at Belmont senior high school or which is now Belmont City College I think um they actually they kept Whiteside Primary School open for another year after we left um our my year left and, and did, then and then did, they closed it down <laughs> did <laughs> so, you have anything to do with that <laughs> I wonder I wonder probably they probably said all right we got rid of them now okay that's it <laughs> um they amalgamated with uh, Cloverdale Primary School and my mum is a pre-primary teacher's assistant. Um, she actually started the f- the year that I was in pre-primary at Whiteside. And, yeah, so she moved over to Cloverdale and she's been there, um, what, a good 30, 30 years, I think. Hmm. Um, yeah, she's, you know, she's doing really well. My dad, my dad's always worked for Western Power or SEC before, before that. Right. Um, and then he got a redundancy and moved on to, uh, he worked at the Belmont City Council. Um, he's finished finished that now and he's semi-retired, but he's a carer now um, and he's living up in Calberry. 
and my sister, my sister, like I said, she's a dietitian, um, and aerobics instructor and things as well. And she lives in with her husband named Greg. Um, they live in, uh, double view, double view. I was about to say in a loo, double view next door. Oh, great. Okay. Now, um, you have a visual impairment. Tell us a little bit about when you discovered it and what was like for you to be at school. Okay. It was, it was the age of 10 that I discovered it. Um, and funnily enough, that was when I, it was around the same time that I discovered my diabetes, but they're two totally separate cases, not linked at all. Uh, when the, the one, one memory, I, a strong memory I have of noticing it is um, when the NBL basketball used to be at the um, entertainment centre. I remember obviously going there younger and being sitting there and being able to look over at the scoreboard and could see the scoreboard. And then looking, looking over there one time and going, I can't, I can't see those numbers. Like something's not right here. And then noticing in school not being able to see the blackboard and and things and just, yeah, finding it a bit tough to start with. Though I had a lot of help, there was a lady. Um, her name's Jill Jill Sully. She was actually from like associated like through the Association for the Blind. Um, now visibility, who actually came out to me and helped me with, with any anything she you know any sort of um, things that possibly could give me a helping hand and things at at school uh, and you know she had words with the teacher and things to see if there was anything the teacher could you know could possibly do um, to make yeah make life a bit easier at, at school and what have you right and um yeah. Now, the reason why we're talking to John O today is to give everyone out there a shot in the arm that even even though you might have a vision impairment, life carries on and you can still do loads and loads of things. And as we progress in this conversation, you'll find out a little bit more by John O's testimony of his life. Now, John O, let's move on. Um, so... Primary school was when you discovered your vision impairment. Was it any much different at high school? Did you have to make any adaptations and modifications in the way you learned? Not really, I don't believe. I just I just let each of the each of the teachers know and just said, Look, I'm you know, I'm going to sit, you know, close to the front but you know, if there's anything, you know, if you're able to give me any notes or what have you on paper, um, because I won't really be able to see the blackboard greatly. Yeah. Um, or I've also got another tool um, which is provided by visibility to like a, basically like a monoscope um, to be able to see, um, yeah, from a bit further away if it's not possible to sit um, right. close to the blackboard. Um, so you're just, just making people aware of, aware of it and you know it is mm. what it is and if people know they can help as much as possible did that sort of influence the nature of the sort of friendships you had in school were there difficult moments where you had to explain to your mates that things were not quite um, the same for you i don't really like i think i i did i may may have when i first um, when I first met somebody had to, like, I'd, you know, had a little chat with them and just said, look, you know, I can't 
see fantastically or what have you, but there wasn't anything too... Like, I guess most people understood and just, you know, that was, okay, you've just got a vision impairment or what have you, and, you know, there was only a couple of people that, you know, might have tried to be funny about it or laugh at it, but, you know, they no weren't big, people that I was really interested in being friends with anyway, so... No big dramas. Yeah. Right. What sort of sport did you participate in, either competitively or from a recreational perspective? Uh, I liked I liked football. Football, um, I liked playing indoor soccer too. We used to kick the ball around a fair bit. Um, yeah, things with bigger balls, so like basketball. Um, I used to be, when I was younger, I used to be a big T-ball baseball fan. Um, and yeah, kind of was a bit difficult at training one time just after my my eyesight had gone when the we were standing out in the outfield and the, the coach was hitting out fly balls to us and I was standing there after he'd hit it and because I couldn't see it and then all of a sudden dung, I heard I heard it hit the <laughs> thing and then I run over there and that was that was definitely a uh, yeah a learning a learning point there where I had to make a decision go you know what maybe maybe yeah. I'll move on from from this so boyhood dreams did you have any boyhood dreams and did you have to walk away from any of them I guess I would have loved to have been like you know as a because I used to play the baseball and what have you you know always saw myself as a you know sporting star or, or something so in that in that side of things maybe just having to walk away from that but I guess it was just yeah something that I had to you know it was just not gonna not gonna happen otherwise you know like it was probably much more of a safety safety thing because if a ball gets whacked at me and I can't see it, it's very gonna wise, hurt. very gonna wise. Hurt. That's right. Now, aspirations. Where do you want to see yourself going with your life? You know, from three spheres of of life, perhaps from a works perspective, socially as well as you know any other form of participation in civic life. From a from a work perspective, I I definitely look. I used to work in warehousing, um, because I I was a little bit arrogant and thought thought to myself, I don't need technology, and because I've never really been into technology, I can I can you know just do it as if I don't have a vision impairment or what have you. Although I was always reading my orders and things with a magnifier. Um, and everybody was, you know, everybody was great about it, but it was all just go, go, go. And there was no real interaction at all. Like I, and I used to be a very go, go, go person, um, which, you know, still at times I am, but yeah, it's just not that side of, like I, I wanted some customer interact, interaction, um, and they actually offered me, it was when uh, Visibility, the Association for the Blind, used to be a training organisation. They offered Certificate 1 in IT and Certificate 3 in Business. And I was actually lucky I got in just before, I think the year after I completed Certificate 3 in Business, um, they they finished up. But, yeah, they all said you did really well with the first one. You should definitely go on with the second course. And that's just led to a much more bigger interest in working with 
working with people, um, working with clients, working with customers, and it's brought out my, I guess it's brought out my social, you know, being being social and being able to have a conversation and what have you. Mm. Um, so on the work side of things, um, I'm at reception, behind the reception desk now, I, I guess anything I can learn and help with along the way, but I just, you know, if I can continue to put a smile on people's faces and help out I you know like I'm I'm happy with that um just I guess putting my best foot forward and yeah helping out as much as possible that's a great attitude uh what about participation in the social you know the social arena as well as maybe have you ever thought about going out there and contributing to other sectors of community given your experience I in the in the social side of things, I'm just I'm as just as positive as I possibly can be, and you know anybody anybody new I meet, um, yeah, I like enjoy chatting with them, and you know, um, going you know like I'm I'm all up for going going for a coffee, going for a meal, or just you know just genuinely genuinely being trying to be you know as happy as positive as possible you know like there's no point being like I've been when I first had my my issues um well I first found out about my issues it it took a at that age of about 10 you know it took a a year or two that I was a bit you know a bit bummed about it but yeah since then it's just been you know what I can either concentrate on what I can't do or concentrate what I can do and yeah, like I'm just just try to remain positive and you know, yeah, as good with people as possible. It's the old dilemma of a cup being half empty or half full. That's exactly exactly right. Well said. And you, I mean, you found out at a rather young age, at ten. Now, do you think your experience and your recovery, if I will use that word? will lend itself quite nicely to younger kids now who find themselves in the same position. I think so. Now that you say that, yeah, I definitely think, you know, any assistance and, um, you know, help I can support, I can give to show that, you know, there it's not just, you know, you're not in trouble or what have you. You can, yeah, make make the best, the best of the situation, you know. Okay, there's maybe things that you can't do now that you really enjoyed doing when you were younger, but there's so many things that you can do um, that you probably possibly may have not even considered before before this. And now, yeah, like there's just so many, so many things that can open up. Is there something that you've read which you've bookmarked in your mind which gives you that you know, boost of hope or encouragement on those days when things don't seem that great in blue sky? I don't really think there's anything specific that I've that I've read or what have you, but there's just every once in a while there's always something that, you know, you hear about a, somebody doing it really, really tough or um, a really hard story and you yeah it just really really makes you think 
wow, you know, like there's just so much life out there and, you know, there's just so much, there's so much either going positive or negative and, mm-hmm. yeah, if, you know, if you choose the the negative side, it's you're just missing out on so much that, yeah, like we've really got so much, you know, to be grateful for mm. and to feel lucky for. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, you're up and about, you're a get up and go sort of guy and I would think, Again, this is me guessing. I would think that the people out there who are looking at you and saying, look, Jono, he's not held down. He's not, you know, isolating himself. Do you think your life is a lesson to others around you who don't have a disability? Definitely. I think I think so many people that don't have a disability don't understand how lucky they are and they take it for granted they really do take it for granted um now i've there's a lot of you know visually impaired and also blind colleagues here and friends of mine that i always think to myself i'm lucky i've i've got some eyesight it's been stable since since i lost it so I'll make the, the most of the, the bit of eyesight that I've got. So I feel lucky with compared to a lot of them who don't have any eyesight or what have you, or have very minimal. I feel lucky on that side of things. But, yeah, it's, you know, life is what you want to, like, life is what you want to make it. And there's, you know, there's completely blind friends of mine who do so much. Do absolutely like there's a there's a gentleman named Ryan who he he's just he's amazing he really is completely blind and he just does so much that yeah you know like with a disability you know you you can't you can't let that hold you back too much so for anybody without a disability I think yeah you sh- they definitely should be you know looking at that and going, hey, you know what, I'm not not that bad off, like, not bad off at all, you know, I should really... It's a, it's a matter of taking stock of what you have and not just looking at what you don't have. Exactly, Ex- exactly, the, the exact same call, glass half empty or glass half full, you know. That's right, that's right. Do you have a role model or someone you hold up there who provides you that reminder when you need to be reminded that life isn't just about being blind or having a visual impairment is there someone that um, that resonates with that feeling there's one person in my life at home that means the absolute world to me and that's my mum when she took me um i've lived with her since since my parents split and what have you and Every now and again, I get get a little bit down or a bit upset with something, and she, yeah, she's absolutely, she does so much for me, and like, she just looks out for me so much. She's put, I think she had, once they split up, she had a relationship, but she'd much prefer to be living with me, looking after me. I'm look, I look out, you know, we look, we give each other cheek, we look after each other, have a laugh. <laughs> and That's great. Yeah, but she, I have to say, 
she's she's the hero in my life. She's definitely my heroine. Um, yeah, I wouldn't like, and I always tell her I wouldn't be where I am today without without her. She really is just puts you know puts a smile on my face and you know helps me out whenever whenever something may happen. It reminds me of a song, the "Wind Beneath My Wings." Is there a song that you have um, that provides you that encouragement? Is a favorite tune in your mind? I love music. I absolutely love music. I can't. I don't think there's one one song that that really. I have a uh, a friend that passed away, so. I think there's, it it actually reminds me of of him, but it's one of those songs that's always, that like I've always loved, and um, it's one of those songs that makes me smile every time I hear it, and that's "Here Comes the Sun" by the Beatles, written by George Harrison. Oh, that's fabulous! Yeah, yeah. I know that song. Yeah. If there was someone out there who is visually impaired, a young young fella. Or parents of a child who's losing his or her vision, what would you say to them? I would say it's not easy at first to accept, but once you ask for just that little bit of help, you, I guess you need to accept it to start with and say, okay, where can we, where can we go for a little bit of assistance? The steps going forward from there are, look, there's. There's so much help at visibility, um, and it really, like, it really can just put you like, and you know, there's so much help, but there's all, there's also so, so much similarity with a lot of people as well that, you know, everybody can work off each other and just, you know, give each other feedback and things like that. That can really just help, um, help for the future, and you know. Just as long as you sort of you feel um, accepted and welcome, and yeah, that's like that's how I have come about. Just accepted, you know, like, and I've been provided so much assistance, help, and you know, it just means the world to me. So it sounds like as if one of the first things you've got to grapple with is getting past denial, accepting the fact that there is uh, a challenge ahead. And then finding out from reliable sources what you can and what you can't do, so that um, you're not you're not grappling with the unknown. And then perhaps maybe the third thing is getting someone who can define a plan moving forward, so that you know that um, it's, you're not you're not getting stonewalled. Spot on. I think you you nailed it perfectly there. Jono, is it? Anything else that you want to say to us about what it's like, and I suppose, if you will, the blessings that come with something that seems like, you know, bad news, vision impairment. I guess there was there was just one point, one thing I I thought I was gonna always going to be tough, not being able to ever get a driver's license. Always thinking, oh, you know, never going to be able to drive. Um, I honestly think that is the biggest blessing in disguise. Um, just with, you know, with myself, 
and just with you know so many things that accidents that can go and go things that can go wrong when you're on the roads and what have you I think it's a big blessing in disguise um and it doesn't stop myself or any other vision impaired blind person from getting around okay maybe just you just ask for a little bit of help sometimes but yeah the the only thing I think can sort of think I'm passing on is just life really is what you make of it and yeah it's okay when it when you first discover you know something an issue it might seem like you know not the greatest but it really is what you make of it from there that you can you can make it so so good John, thank you for being with us and thank you for sharing your life and providing that spark of encouragement for all of those out there who may be confronted with the similar disability of vision impairment. Thanks again for being with us. Thank you very much, Kenneth. It's been an absolute pleasure. So we have come to an end of this episode of Just Why It Matters and there is always some blue sky out there even when there are dark grey clouds. So get up and go like John O. Thank you very much. See you again. 